You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Coach, did you just compare Tom Brady to Rudy Bukic? I don't think Rudy, Rudy Bukic had a good a team around him as Tom Brady had here. And as good a coach as, as uh, Tom Brady had. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Is a ginormous stacking the box, kind of a double episode here. Uh, Matt Lombardo is in, first of all, most importantly, for the vacationing Matt Verderam. Welcome, Mr. Lombardo. Happy to be here, Carm. Listen, you got me before I leave on my vacation. So this is, you know, I'm counting down the hours till I can be, you know, away like Mark Verder, Matt Verderam, but I couldn't be more excited to be here on Stacking the Box. Should be a lot of fun. See, everybody takes time off this time of year, especially the football people, the fourth coming up. That's why we're giving you a double episode. We've got two big guests today. Quinton Nelson, of course, dominating the offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts. And the legendary Mike Ditka will be on the show. We're also going to talk uh, some Indianapolis Colts football with our Indy Colts podcaster, Destin Adams. He's coming up in a bit. Uh, But, you know, Matt Lombardo, let me just give you a little history here. Yours truly, born in 1973 in beautiful Highland Park, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. My first ever Bears game was the opener of the 1985 Super Bowl season. We sat in the family section, no alcohol allowed. The Bears beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is off the top of my head, by the way. 38 28. I'm 99% certain that is correct. And Jim McMahon was the quarterback. Walter Payton was the running back. The greatest defense of all time was out there. And Mike Ditka was the head coach. Ditka back in those days, it's a little long-winded, but he did, like, you woke up on a Sunday at 11 o'clock. It was the Mike Ditka show hosted by Johnny Morris, who was a former Bears receiver and a sportscaster in town. It was, at least for... Young Carm, must-see television, the Mike Ditka show, live studio audience. I mean, the fans are just going, <laughs> like, that, that, that's how it was. And then it was the NFL today with Jimmy the Greek, uh, career gone sideways, 
Irv Cross, Brent Musburger. That was, I don't remember the early days of the NFL today, but I mean, it was so exciting. You are looking live. And then at noon, you know why he did that, by the way, right? You know, by why Brent Musburger started the, you are looking live thing. No, he did. He did it because it was always a silent nod or not so silent nod to all of his gambling friends out there. So they knew before kickoff, you are looking live at Soldier Field if it's snowing, if it's raining, to know which side with the over-under to take, what was going to happen with the, you know, perhaps if the Bears have a trend where they don't do well in cold weather that year, they would know which side to be on. And what was really cool is back at the beginning of my career, Muntzberger voiced the intro to my show you are listening live to the Matt Lombardo show, which was really cool. Wound up being the beginning of my demo tape, got me bigger jobs as I went along and talked radio. But I always thought that was such a cool anecdote that the reason you are looking live really began is so that the people watching could get a little bit of insight before kickoff on which side to take in their bets. So he told you that specifically that I'm doing, I did this for family buddies. Yes. That's amazing. That's awesome. I never knew that until now. That's really cool. Learn something new every day, right? And I love the creativity. You are listening live. I mean, Lombardo, you should be ahead of Stern with that creativity. I love that. <laughs> and the <laughs> fact that I had Musburger doing it, I helped a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, that's, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. Brent is iconic in every single way and still going to, to this day. I love Brent Musburger. Uh, so the, the point, rewinding back to Ditka, by the way, I love Mike Ditka. He was immensely entertaining. And the other side of it is that he and the Bears won one Super Bowl. Ditka got fat on a million different commercials. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the main reason why they didn't was because McMahon couldn't stay healthy. But it always felt like that team should have done more than they did. But, you know, some consider it the greatest football team of all time. So, I just consider it the most entertaining time to ever be a Bears fan. It was awesome. So the most successful what... time in history for sure. Oh, I mean, you know, they're winning 14 games a year. They're losing in the playoffs, but they're still, and they're doing it with no quarterback. You got Doug Flutie running around. You got Steve Fuller running around. You got Mike Tomzak running around. I mean, it was ugly. Mike Tomzak. Uh, what a pull. Yeah. I mean, they were the old Buckeye, good old number 18, but uh, what's, do you have a favorite or non-favorite? Uh, Ditka memory is things I mean we could go to the fart on live television that was amazing well I kind of have two for you one of course is when they do win the Super Bowl in 85 and you have the two guys getting carried off the field it's Mike Ditka and it's Buddy Ryan and that image kind of encapsulates at least from an outsider a kid who grew up in Philadelphia you know big NFL fan through the years but that image as I was growing up kind of encapsulated the relationship it seemed like between Ditka and Buddy Ryan and his defense. And then Buddy, of course, brought that same attitude to Philadelphia, whereas it was his team against management for the entire time he was there. Um, That was a a moment for me. And then, of course, you know, I just got to, you know, you know, uh, rub some salt in the wound a little bit here, trading your whole draft for Ricky Williams. I think that worked out real well for the Saints. Yeah, he got another opportunity in New Orleans and he perhaps was given too many keys to the car, if you will. <laughs> you know, he, the concept that he was going to build a roster um, is was a little crazy. I, uh, I when he left Chicago, by the way, and on a five and eleven team, and they brought in Dave Wanstead, great man, by the way, Dave Wanstead. It was borderline funeral. 
And yeah. and it also felt like it was time, but it didn't get any better for the Bears since Ditka's. I mean, listen, they they're they're still talking about the 1985 Super Bowl. Um, he and then he's been out there with his political thoughts, uh, you know, a bunch in the last couple of years, which has uh, certainly got him in into uh, a land of that Mike Dickett didn't need to be in, but whatever, uh, it's his life. But he he still, I mean. You're talking about one of the great tight ends in the history of the sport. I mean, on the field, he was a complete and utter, for lack of a better way of putting it, ass kicker. I mean, this yeah. guy was, he was nuts. He was nuts as a coach. And there, there was like, speaking of like things that happened back then that would never happen now, he was doing a press conference in like the tunnel against the Bengals and there were medias there. And then somehow a fan is just screaming at him in the background, <laughs> like how that fan got there. And he's, uh, do you ever see that clip? He's yelling at this guy. Dick and guys call him Ditketh, Ditketh. And he's like, Ditketh, that's your IQ buddy. Zero. Like you would never see that now. Like they're, you know, they're in a very, everything's too buttoned up. Everybody right. it's behind closed doors. You got the security guards. Oh, look, I've been in my share of these, right? You got the two security guards outside making sure nobody sneaks their way in it's like covering the white house press court after these post games now now visiting team press conferences those can get a little hairy because you might be tucked away in a corner somewhere you might be sitting in a broom closet with a head coach because just like the locker rooms like the visiting locker room is the size of my living room right it's a they you know the, the lockers are, are are yay big and the guys got to shower right up against each other and you go into the the home team and it's like the Ritz Carlton. You got, you know, the team logo on the carpet, flat screen TVs everywhere, sauna room, showers. Who knows why you need a sauna on game day, but here we are. Uh, but the point here is that, that I could never see Ditka having that moment in today's NFL unless he were maybe in the bowels of Soldier Field as the coach of the Saints. Then maybe you might get into some weird heckling situations, but not in Chicago because they still love him there. That's kind of warms my heart that you you are saying that it is possible that on the road you could still have said fan who yelled Ditketh at Ditka back in call it 1987. Uh, all right, we'll move off of Mike. He's coming up and Quentin Nelson coming up in about five minutes. But let's touch on Tom Brady and his interview with HBO The Shop, which it's cool to see Tom sitting back, relax, getting a cut hanging out, talking, talking NBA, talking football. And then just over the top, Tom Brady uh, is just calling some quarterback an mf uh, because this team who apparently was interested in him was no longer interested. And so he had to force his way, not force, but he was, it was down to what is it? Tampa. And I think the chargers, right? Yeah. And so he ends up going to the Bucks and winning a Super Bowl. It worked out okay there. It worked yeah. out okay. He lands with Bruce Arians. He has Mike Evans. He has Godwin. They they won a Super Bowl. I don't know who beats him in the NFC. This year worked out okay. But typically, typical Tom Brady has to get on the soapbox and say something in the middle of June that gets everybody talking about Tom Brady. It's not enough that he has the, what, six, seven Super Bowl rings. He's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. That's not enough. He has to go on HBO, has to go on the shop, and get everybody talking about the one quarterback who kept him from landing at a different destination. Might not have won a Super Bowl there, but here we are talking about him, right? I can't believe it. Lombardo, you're, you're an angry Brady. Where is this, where is this angry? 
with this Tom Brady vitriol coming from Matt Lombardo? I mean, I'm just trying to enjoy the last week before vacation, trying to actually turn off the NFL brain for a couple days, right? Ease into the week down the shore. And I, and I got to like, you know, think about and ask around and talk to people about, well, who was Brady talking about? Whereas this guy lands in NFL heaven outside of Kansas City, which where you got the barbecue and Andy Reid and all that. You're not going there because of Patrick Mahomes. But you land with Arians. You land with a great supporting cast. You win the Super Bowl. I'm, come on, Tom. I mean, what more do you want, right? Yeah, but you, you don't get to that point in life, though, unless you're ultra competitive. And I mean, he still wears the 199 T-shirt underneath his uniform before every game. Like, come, I mean, look, I, I get it. You're competitive. You, you know, you were snubbed coming out of the draft. But look, you're married to Giselle. You, you have more money than God. The TV TB12 brand is even more successful now that you can promote it in Tampa Bay with everybody living down there versus up in New England. You've proven that you can win without Belichick, right? You've proven that. Come on. Well, well, okay. Hold, hold on. I, I, couple things here. Number one, I love that he wears one ninety nine. That's awesome. Number two, you're right. He has all the money. He's got all the rings. He's got Giselle. He's everything's going Tom Brady's way. But don't you want the more honest, over the top Brady? Like I feel like maybe it's because he's away from New England and 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 getting some freedom from Belichick. Okay, here's the real me, buddy. And oh, everyone sure. thinks, by the way, or a lot of people think that. He's talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, that the, the Niners were sniffing around. And I'm kind of – I'm pulled in both ways here because would he say that about a guy that he played with and seemingly had a decent relationship with, but maybe under the surface he always thought that he was better than him and it bothered him that Belichick was trying to replace him with the dude? Yeah, I don't know how great that relationship was. I mean, you talk to people in New England and, you know, it, it's no secret. I think it's been out there – from multiple reporters over the years that the reason Garoppolo was traded was because he couldn't coexist with Tom Brady. Right. And that, you know, Belichick traded Garoppolo to appease and placate Tom Brady. So it could very well be Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy that he's talking about. Right. And that's a roster much like in Tennessee, where if he had gone there, much like Tampa Bay is probably in the mix to go to and win a Super Bowl If Tom Brady plays at the level that he did last year. So if it is Garoppolo, let's just let's just say that's spot on. It's Garoppolo. He the Niners were sniffing around. He, you know, they they had to break up the relationship, all of it. That shows a pretty bitter Tom Brady a little bit, right? You got everything you wanted. Oh, for sure. And you know, you brought up the point about the more authentic and out there Tom Brady now that he's away from Belichick in New England. I'll tell you this, Carm, it's a real thing. I mean, I, I've spoken to agents in the last couple of weeks about this. I, I've spoken to players that once you leave New England, people are just scarred to do media. They're scarred to do radio. They're scarred to do TV and podcasts coming out of New England because of how heavy-handed Bill Belichick is. And I had an agent tell me flat out that when his client signed elsewhere that, hey, going to New England, you're going to win there, but it's going to take years off of your career. And this client signed somewhere else. And he said the first thing he texted him after congratulations, we got the deal done was, hey, this just added years to your career getting away from New England and Bill Belichick. So that's a real thing with Brady being more outspoken now that he's in Tampa Bay versus being in New England. He, that is super interesting. Years off your career. This, right. There is going to be a stress on your life trying to win championships in New England because Bill Belichick sleeps with seven footballs and then he wakes up in the morning and brushes his teeth with a football. 
football toothbrush. And then after that, he probably puts on leather football underwear. I don't know. And, and like, if you're thinking about anything else or I, I believe it, it makes sense to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, just the mentality of going somewhere where it might be competitive, you might have a chance to win Super Bowls, but you're not going to have to deal with the quote unquote patriot way and the overbearing nature of Bill Belichick as a head coach for sure. And, you know, players, of course, they go there because they have a chance to win and compete for Super Bowls. And they were playing with Tom Brady and for Bill Belichick. But I think that grind wears on people, wears on players. That's why, you know, it it seems like there's a lifespan there. And when the Patriots let go of somebody, Brady's obviously the exception here. But how many people leave New England and play great elsewhere? It just doesn't happen. I think it's because they're just grinded out in the meat grinder that is the Patriot way that when they go elsewhere, there's not a lot left in the tank. It's it's, uh interesting and they've saved a ton of careers well saved is maybe over the top but you know i'm thinking of like at least randy moss you know for sure that's maybe you know point number one of just resurrected and couldn't have been a better place for him to land at the time he he said a bunch of other stuff in the interview but one thing to underline he still feels like he's a quote-unquote employee and i think if you contrast that to what's going on in green bay with aaron Rodgers, it's kind of interesting because rogers feels I would say closer to an owner than an actual employee. I should get whatever I want. And they don't I don't have an owner. So it makes sense, right? <laughs> you know, there you go. Right. You know, you're just one of the Packers fans. You're just one of the Packers players that owns the team. I actually am on the, if you know, all NFL players are not created equal. If you are Aaron Rodgers, you do get more say. And if someone has a problem with that, well then too bad. He's Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with Brady. Even when he's, in the Buck situation, you know, he certainly doesn't have the history there that he had in New England, you know, obviously. But if you're an owner or if you're a head coach, you certainly would rather have Brady's mentality than what Aaron's doing. He makes it a lot easier. Oh, no doubt. And I think that Brady, they both have earned a certain level of cachet in this league, right? They both have Super Bowls. And obviously, Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Rodgers is one of the most gifted quarterbacks to play the position of his era, for sure. Um, but I think that. Tom Brady gets it to a certain level, even more so than Aaron Rodgers, because he has the brand, because he has all of the interests outside of football that Rodgers might or might not have. And that's why I think that these comments from Brady, I think that we we're talking about them, A, because it's Brady and B, because comments like this from him are so few and far between, right? Like, whereas Rogers, there's kind of everything bubbling underneath the surface, but he'll come out and he'll say something that gets you talking. Brady doesn't always do that. Yeah, let's wrap up before we get to Quentin Nelson with this, because Verderam and I have talked about this a lot. The vacationing Matt Verderam, he's uh, at Verderam Cottage or whatever he does on his time off. I think he's definitely around a lake somewhere. But so, I mean, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going nowhere. I think I think he'll be playing for the Packers on Week One. Do you have a similar take, or are you often? anything's possible and what would you say well it kind of vacillates for me back and forth between being in in your corner that this is all going to work out sometime around like august 30th he's going to show up he's going to show up for week one throw three touchdowns against the saints and off they go but the more people that you talk to around the packers gudenkust is dug in here you know my sources tell me that he's trying to use this to show backbone to show that he's not going to bend to aaron Rodgers, and he thinks he's right 
on Jordan Love. He thinks that Jordan Love can be a franchise quarterback, and he's obviously betting his entire career if Rodgers goes elsewhere or doesn't play that Love is the guy. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, you have all kinds of egg in your face, and you're not going to be an NFL GM ever again. But I think there's probably at least a 20 to 25% chance, Carm, that Rodgers doesn't play at all this year, that it's either Green Bay or it's nowhere, and they'll deal with this after the season with some sort of trade. Wow. You actually think he'd sit out. I just feel like, you know, Aaron Rodgers' mentality when you talk to people, and I wrote about this a couple of weeks in the Wednesday column, you know, I had an ex-GM tell me that he was, quote-unquote, as selfish as it gets. I feel like when Rodgers is done with something, like, he's done. That page is turned, and this could all be posturing, but it just doesn't sound to me like Rodgers is ready to bury any sort of hatchet and go back there anytime soon. In the moment right now on Stacking the Box, casually changing my opinion listening to matt lombardo you just maybe have think, that well, effect on people I, I, you're having it right now maybe he's just that dug in it doesn't speak to any level of logic but it doesn't need to be logical it can just be I, i'm you know i'm going back in time now to my favorite athlete of all time of course michael jeffrey jordan the greatest player to ever play anything and he chose to cut off his nose to spite his face and retire in 1998 because the Bulls were moving on from Phil Jackson. And I thought at the time, dude, you love to play basketball. He was showing up at the practice facility the next year playing one-on-one with Corey Benjamin. You can go and find that video on YouTube. He's torching him. And, and the Bulls like Elton Brand and Hersey Hawkins are watching. You're not, you're not going to have this much fun anywhere else. I know it sucks that you now have your head coach, but you love playing. I know it sucks, Aaron, that you that they drafted Jordan Love and traded up to do it. Uh, but you're going to sit out, really? Because uh, and and by the way, too, if Gunkus is is so uh, believing in himself, then trade him. Yeah, Tr- trade him, dude. You owe it to him at that level. He's well, here are enough- two two quick things. You know, I kind of had an epiphany when I looked up and I saw how much Viacom paid Alex Trebek, he was making eight to $10 million a year. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you can go make nine to $10 million hosting Jeopardy, all your state farm <laughs> endorsements over here, that's not a bad life with what you have in the bank, right? No, 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 no. He's got, he, like, that's the thing. Well, it's all this money. He doesn't need any more money. He'd have to, if he needs more money, he's a complete freaking idiot. And he can go get it. You can go get yeah, it making eight to 10 a year, right? Right. Right. He'll all, he without can playing in the, without risking concussions every week. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. I think you're going to really enjoy our, our next interview here. Quentin Nelson of your Indianapolis Colts, three-time pro bowler out of Notre Dame, just an absolute ass kicker. Somebody you would love to have on your football team. Uh, any thoughts on Quinn before we get to him right now, man? I, I think he's a, a perennial all pro. I think he has a chance to potentially be a hall of famer. If the Colts trajectory stays on its current path and I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear from Quentin right now. As uh, we sat down with him uh, late last week, here is Quentin Nelson. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some it's mom and dad for others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 
three-time Pro Bowler. Looks like he's sitting in the Indianapolis Colts offices. Quinn Nelson, good to see you. You've got an NFT. Your life continues to be amazing. Welcome to Fansided, by the way. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. And uh, that was a good deduction. Uh, I am here. So it looks like a fun place to be even in the off season. What did, did you know about NFTs? I don't know. Six weeks ago, a year ago. Uh, definitely not a year ago. Um, I think six weeks ago it was brought up to me. Um, and that's when I first heard about it. And, uh, you know, we're going to partner up with the V foundation. And I thought this would be a great way to give some of the proceeds to the V foundation, raise money for it. Um, so it's, it's really exciting to do that. And then also each NFT, uh, buying it can get you a, uh, free signed Jersey from me, um, or tickets to my softball game, charity softball game next year, uh, next summer. And also, uh, the V foundation dinner that I'm going to have, uh, July 7th. So, why the V Foundation? Why was that something that's on your heart? Ever since I can remember, uh, my best friend and my uncle, uh, we always love the don't ever give up speech. And we actually have these nights that we call Jimmy V nights where uh, we light up a few cigars, uh, have a couple beers, and we laugh. We think we talk about some things that, like deep and then we, we also cry too, whether it's from laughter, like um, telling jokes or like talking about certain things. So the V Foundation has always been something pretty special to my heart and it's just come full circle and really excited to partner up with them. Do you cry during sports movies? Um, I, I don't think I have. Really? Ollie and Hoosiers, something I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, find, I, 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 I gotta get a speech for you that that might uh, perhaps you're not admitting to right now. <laughs> One of my favorite things, the never give up part that you're talking about, watching you play. You know, tackle made thirty yards down the field. Here you come to lift up your teammate. Uh, you don't see that from everybody in the NFL. It's an awesome thing that you, you just want to be there at the end. That's the ultimate teammate to me. Where, where does that come from for you? Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, but I, like from a young age uh, in Pop Warner, my dad would always say like, go pick up the ball carrier or you better run all the way down there to celebrate with them in the uh, end zone and like give them a high five or whatever helmet tap. Um, and then it was carried on at Notre Dame. I think, uh, we all were running to the ball a lot. And, um, at the end of the day, it's really just because of how close I am with, uh, all my teammates and caring about them and wanting to be there to pick them up, uh, whether it's a, after a big hit or, you know, not that great of a tackle, like whatever, uh, I just want to be there and let them know that, Hey, I'm here. I got your back. And, uh, let's go next play. I know you love it when you guys run the football. You, there's so much depth in your running back room. I mean, what what excites you the most about what you have coming back going into 2021? Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm excited every year. Um, like every year I, I go into the season thinking, dang, we have a team that can win the Super Bowl this year. Um, so, and, and that hasn't happened the first three years but 
I mean, this year I'm, I'm very excited and wishful thinking too. Um, I think we have some incredible running backs. We've got a great offensive line. Uh, we got a lot of depth at the offensive line too. If God forbid anyone were to go down, we added Carson Wentz to this, um, uh, this off offense and, I'm sure you'll ask me a question about him later, so I'll get to that when you ask. Since you teed it up, I, I wasn't even thinking about asking a Carson Wentz question and or how he seems to have bonded with with Frank, who he knows from way back in the day, obviously. You're seeing him uh, up close and personal, and he's got this reputation of not being a good teammate. I, I, I'm hearing a ton that that's absolutely not the case since uh, he's been in Indy. It's probably wrong in Philadelphia, too. That's absurd to me. Uh, I mean – Every practice, he's locked in. He's ready to go. He's prepared, and he's also like, I, I, I really feel like he actually genuinely cares about each of his teammates. Like just by the way he'll talk to you or ask you something. Um, so no signs of that. But I mean, I, I'm truly excited to play with him. Um, he because of I mean the leadership he's showing. Um, and then also how motivated he is uh, to have a great season this year. And uh, I, I think we can do that together. You're tight with your head coach too, Quinn. What, what, what is it about Frank that he's able to, you know, be the authoritative head coach, but also, you know, have that certain rapport with his players that I'm sure makes you feel good at the end of the day that your coach is in the bunker with you? I mean, Frank just brings it every day. Um, he's, he's the same guy every day. He's going to have high juice. And, uh, you know, he, he might look a little sleepy, but he still brings the juice. He's sleepy because of all the film he watches and uh, all the uh, – I, I guess looking a little bit. But, uh, I mean, he just brings it every day to pr the practice field, to the meetings. And it's just a guy that you want to go out and play for. And he's a, on top of that, he's a great guy. So – uh, I, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better head coach than Coach Wright. Well, I, I, I want to rewind back just to, to last year. What, what was the like the best benefit you got from playing with Philip in his last year? There, I, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, he sure got the ball ball out pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but I mean, just that experience of playing with Philip Rivers, um, you know, probably future Hall of Famer and just an awesome teammate. Like I, I had a bunch of people that were former teammates with him um, that told me you're going to love Philip Rivers. And I sure did. He was awesome. So really thankful for our year with him. You, you think he's a Hall of Famer, huh? Right? Yes. Numbers, the whole thing, then consistency. And, and I th he was great for you guys last year. It's like if he didn't want to retire, he probably could have kept going, at least from, from my non-professional football player eyes would you agree I, I would agree for sure um I, I think he wanted to uh spend more time with his family and get to coaching that high school football team in Alabama so um happy for him so let's go back to the NFT what's up with the were, did you have any impact or input rather I should say that you better be picking the keg stand did that yeah I I definitely wanted to do that one uh a lot were just thought up uh by my team that I have with the keg stand one, there's 10 additions and the winners will get VIP tickets uh, to the softball game. That'll be next summer. And then with the V foundation one, uh, the, the winners will get uh, 
tickets to the V Foundation dinners uh, this summer on July 7th and then also next summer. You looked awful natural with that keg stand for the record. I mean, that that seems like well seasoned. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say I've been there a couple times, but then we also practiced it uh, during the week, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely a fun celebration with all the guys. And you, you love to see all the wide receivers get into it and uh, running backs and everyone quarterback. It's awesome. Well, well, and you join in when they're celebrating, too, right? You, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not quite the best dancer by any means, but uh, I'll, tr- I'll try to show some moves here and there. Uh, as long as the whole offensive line is doing it, that's what I care about. Yeah. I'm making my prop bets, by the way, for uh, 2021. Should I, what, what, what do you think about laying some, some decent dollars on Jonathan Taylor to have a, a big time season? Not that you would ever gamble on the NFL, but if you were, you know, just if you were going to bet on a running back having a breakout year, would you think that's a fair play? I, I think he had a breakout year last year um, a, as a rookie. He got better every game uh, moving forward. I also think we have so much depth at the running back position. It, it's not like he gets every single carry uh, because we rotate running backs. So it does make it a little tougher of a bet when you think about it, um, especially with Marlon coming back and I am and Jordan Wilkins uh, and everything. So, uh, I mean – I love all of them. It's so hard, but uh, I mean, Jonathan's a beast, man. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't bet against them. So like when I look at the talent on your team and uh, it just, it takes me right to Chris Ballard. And every time he talks, I just find him to be like, that's the guy that you want running your football team. Uh, what's your relationship like with your GM? Uh, it, I would say it's very good. Um, you know, Chris, really believed in me and picked me at number six in 2018 draft. And uh, from there, he, he said uh, I was the one that he wanted the whole time. And uh, I mean, he traded back knowing that he was going to pick offensive lineman to protect Andrew at the time. So there's a big trust um, between the two of us and a growing relationship. That's pretty strong right now. So um I appreciate him, and I'm really happy that he's our general manager. Well, the narrative at the time of the draft, too, was like, you can't take a guard in the top five and you whatever you want, six. But And so you had this kind of extra pressure on you being drafted that high, and then you were just that good immediately. Did you feel a little extra pressure, like, you know, I don't know, being in that, that spot, being picked so high and, and people talking so well of you at the time? Yeah, uh, there was definitely some pressure. I was probably a little ignorant going going into the NFL. I thought it was like not going to be that much harder than college, but I mean it was. Um, and going against guys like Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Jonathan Allen, like all of my three games, first three games of the season, I was like, "Holy smokes!" Um, and, and yeah, there was a lot of pressure to to be good. Like you, you get picked that high and you're getting paid first round money um, that the, the fans expect you to, you know, play the way you're getting paid. So, uh, by, by the way, the, the knockout competitions at, at Colts camp. Oh yeah. What about it? Is that, is that maybe your favorite part of camp? Like, like the way you just jumped in there. I feel like that, that is uh, maybe something unique to you guys that, that uh, 
perhaps you think is, I don't know, a separation factor. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, to, to a degree, I wouldn't say it's a separation factor between anything, but, uh, it's definitely just a way to, uh, uh, loosen up, but also compete against each other. Um, and just grow like bonds with your teammates or, you know, talk trash to each other, like your jumpers trash or whatever and stuff. Like it all, it all matters at the yeah. end. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm meaning about separation is like, Hey, we all know we're great at, at football here, but look, oh, I'm okay. going to step on, I'm going to step on this court and I'm going to bury it. I mean, how's that Jay? Uh, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So maybe that's, that's perhaps why we're not a quite separation factor yet, but uh, all right, but you could shoot it. A, you're, you're better in the post. Would you say? Uh, yeah, definitely better in the post, but, uh, I, I like passing the ball, uh, distributor, you know, Quinn, great to see you, man. Congrats on all your success. Three-time pro bowler, ton more coming. Uh, let's just wrap up since the one thing you brought up, have you, you and Carson bonded at all yet? Any, any conversation just between the two of you or has just been on the field? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, uh, like the conversations between the two of us are private, but, uh, I mean, I think I mentioned this before in the interview, uh, just how he genuinely cares about each of his teammates and like takes time to like ask you a question about this or that going on in life uh, and stuff like that. So he he's a great teammate. He's also taken the offensive line out to a dinner, which he paid for, which is very appreciative, uh, appreciated by us. So um, looking forward to some more of those. But uh, the, the first one's on him. Uh, the next dinners, I, I I think we need to earn. So, did you go big? Little fillet, little surf and turf, little. Uh... Absolutely. <laughs> Automatic. Yeah. You, hey, you got you, this. Is uh, part of the deal. We got to be well fed to do our jobs. I love it. All right, uh, Q. Great to see you. Best of luck in twenty twenty one, and looking forward to uh, your work with the the NFT and uh, the V Foundation. It's um, I, I mean, everybody has been impacted. Uh, unfortunately, some way, somehow by cancer. And uh, I love watching Jimmy's speech, man. It, it never, ever gets old. It just, and you, you feel it every time, right? Yes, sir. Hey, th- thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. Huh? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto, and my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Quentin Nelson, that was a lot of fun. Very professional. Uh, Yeah, let's bring in our Indianapolis Colts podcaster. Destin Adams is with us from the Blue Stable. He does the podcast with Rashad McGinnis and Michael Tarazas. Uh, We get Destin today. You got to love yourself some Quentin Nelson, right, Destin? Thanks for taking some time, by the way. Oh, no problem. Anytime you guys need any Colts takes, I'm, I'm here to bring them. And I feel like everyone has to love Quentin Nelson. I mean, if you're a person out there that doesn't like Quentin Nelson, I feel like you just don't like football. Um, like I just feel like he has that mentality. He has that nastiness that you want. I mean, I guess he's an offensive lineman, so people might think that's boring. But if you watch Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson there's nothing boring about that man. The dude sprints down the field after his running backs and picks them up after they get tackled when he's done doing his original job. I mean, if you don't love that, you're just not a football fan. Right, Matt Lombardo? 
Yeah, I watch Quentin Nelson. I think he's mean. He's a mauler. He's a guy that you can anchor an offensive line with. And I said this, you know, previously prior to the interview, I think he has a chance to go down as one of the greatest guards to play the game and wind up in the Hall of Fame one day. So, you know, if Carson Wentz can ever take the step and become the quarterback the Eagles thought they were drafting number two overall, it's behind an offensive line that's anchored by Quentin Nelson, that's for sure. So let's get our Carson Wentz thoughts out there. And look, Destin, every bit of news coming out of Indy is that Carson is getting along great. Him and Frank Reich are best of buddies. He's owning the leadership that you want from a quarterback and all the stuff in Philly that Carson was a bit of a pain in the ass and a tad bit of a diva. There was a lot of different reports out that uh, Carson wasn't getting along. We're getting none of that from Indianapolis, which actually makes me a little bit skeptical. Like they're trying to like, it's almost like they're shoving it down your throat. This guy's getting along, but I mean, maybe he is what, what's your, what's your early take on Carson? Yeah, I, I try never to overreact to the mini camp buzz just because it's always positive. I mean, they're, they're never going to come out and say, yeah, Carson Wick, Carson Wentz is a dick. Like, they're, they're not, they're not going to come out and say that. Um, so I, I've always tried not to buy into it too much. I've always been a Carson Wentz fan, even in being a Colts fan, um, watching him in Philadelphia. I always thought he had a little bit of an Andrew Luck type of game to him, type of arm, type of mobility. Um, so I've always watched, liked watching Carson Wentz. I always thought Philadelphia is a really tough market to be in, um, whether it's the fans, the media. It, it just really feels like unless you're perfect, you're, you're going to get criticized a lot. But last year, it was nuts. Um, I mean, I, I feel like you can't be realistic and not think Carson Wentz had any fault in the situation there. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I think Carson Wentz has all the talent. Um, if mentally he is all there now that he's reunited with Frank Reich, and hey, maybe all this positive uh, candy, they're, like you said, they're shoving down our throat is actually real. Um, and this is something that we're going to be able to see him go back to 2017 Carson Wentz. Um, but I'm going to at least wait till training camp till I'm, I'm there in Westfield at Grand Park and getting to watch him um, to make a – actual thought on him <laughs> Matt you like this fit you know I like the fit and you know I was in that locker room every day through Carson Wentz's first two seasons in Philadelphia and I, I still have some players that I'm close to in that locker room and you know the one thing about Carson Wentz is that he's a guy that you need to coddle he's a guy that you need to set up for success and he's a guy that is really reluctant and reticent to hard coaching. And that's really what he needs to bring out the best in him. And I think that that's where it kind of went sideways in Philadelphia, especially after he came back from the injury. I think that there was a lot of insecurity on Carson Wentz's part to Nick Foles actually finishing the job and winning the Super Bowl in 2017. And I think that the relationship really collapsed between Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz to the extent that there was ever really a relationship at all. But, you know, I, I don't know that Carson Wentz has it in him to step up and become that alpha dog and that leader that players turn to the quarterback to be. And I don't know necessarily that he has it in his skill set to be a top 15 quarterback in this league. But I'll say this. If there's one coach in the league who's going to bring that out of him, it's Frank Reich. They're very close. They were very tight during their time in Philadelphia. And, you know, Desden would be able to comment on this better than I can. He probably knows that roster a lot better than I do. But in the event that Carson can't be that leader, 
who are the guys that are going to step up and fill that void? Because in Philadelphia, it was always Lane Johnson and Zach Ertz and, you know, to, to a lesser extent, you know, a Jason Kelsey. And even towards the end, Wentz really tired and grew tired on those guys. And I think that his temperament didn't fit in Philadelphia. It might fit better in an Indianapolis in the Midwest. But if he's not going to be that alpha dog, who is it? I said, I, think the, I, said, I think the biggest thing um, about this Colt situation, and like you said, if anyone's going to be able to bring this stuff out of him, it's going to be Frank Reich. Um, I think it was just always the best fit um, because if Carson Wentz is going to succeed, I just feel like this is the situation he needed. He's going to get an offensive line that, in my opinion, is top five, and I just don't really understand how anybody can have him outside the top five personally. Um, it's, a, it's a running game that's going to be – leaned on heavy um they they did it last year with philip rivers even um jonathan taylor naeem hines marlon mack coming back healthy it's one of the best backfields in the league as well and it's going to be a run heavy offense for sure um but i think ty hilton is better than people actually think when you watch him play actually i mean he still gets that separation that he's that he's used to. I think last year, Philip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton weren't the best fit um, quarterback receiver wise. I mean, I loved watching Philip Rivers, don't get me wrong, um, but I just don't think that skill set was really helping T.Y. get the stats that I feel like T.Y. can get. I think the offense has the playmakers that can help Carson Wentz do his thing. Um, it's just going to all be about if mentally um, the separation from Philadelphia is all he needed. Um, to take that next step and be that player. But I think the running game is going to be something huge for him because I don't think he's ever really had the talent at running back that Indy's going to have this year. Um, I mean, I know some Philadelphia people are really big on Miles Sanders. I've just never really been big on his skill set personally. Uh, it's really interesting, like, as far as uh, the, the, who's going to get the bulk of the carries with the Colts and you got to, you've got so many options and yes, it's, it's clearly not all on Wentz's shoulders. Who, who's your favorite to, in the, in the AFC South right now? If you had, if you had to pick it, go ahead, Destin, what do you think? I think Vegas should probably be like favoring the Tennessee Titans personally. Um, I, I think they've made the moves this off season. They're the flashier team. I feel like if you had to like ask me like who has the best odds to win it, I'd say Tennessee, but I don't like that Tennessee Titan defense at all. Um, I, I mean, I, I think they added Bud Dupree, um, who's a guy who, if he can stay healthy, is definitely going to be a step up in their poor pass rush. But I think their secondary is even worse than last year. And it, it was one of the worst last year. And I, I'm really worried to see, I mean, even if, Car if Carson Wentz is able to get into that top 15 quarterback realm, I just think that secondary is going to be one that's going to be easy to torch. Um, they went out and drafted Caleb Farley. But again, just like Bud Dupree, there's a little bit of, injury concern there to worry about if Caleb Farley is going to be ready to play week one is he going to be able to play the entire year after he's healthy there's, there's a lot of question marks there and then I, Elijah Molden who they took later on in the draft a little bit when I watched his tape in the slot I just don't like Elijah Molden's fit as a slot corner in the NFL at all I think if he's going to be successful it's going to have to be playing safety and from everything I've read and looked into so far Tennessee's using him in the slot as a Colts fan, I, I'm not that afraid of Tennessee. Um, but if I had to lean one way or another, Tennessee should probably be favored. For the record, Vegas is leading, at least the Vegas that I'm looking at right now, has uh, the Colts at 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They got the Titans at 28 to 1. And then uh, if anybody wants to get off the board here with uh, either the Jags or the Texans, Lombardo, do you have that? Do you have that level of 
of uh, optimism. Maybe everything works out for Jacksonville and Urban Meyer's first year. And <laughs> next thing you know, Trevor's going nuts. Yeah, I, I'm with Dustin here. I, I think that this division is kind of the Tennessee Titans and everybody else. No offense to your Colts. I'm just not sold that Carson Wentz is going to step in and be the guy there. There's a lot of talent around him. It's the best situation that he's had since 2017 with the roster that they built around him in Philadelphia. But I just look at the Titans and you drop Julio Jones into an offense with AJ Brown on the other side, Derek Henry, and it's almost like a pick your poison situation. They're going to be able to dictate to defenses throughout the the, the season. Um, the defense worries me a little bit, but I do like what they were able to do with Farley and Bud Dupree I think that plugs some holes there but I think if you look at that division I think the Titans can win 12-13 games that gets you a home game and you go from there I, I just think that they're the most complete roster of anybody in the division and I think that they have the most talent right now the Colts might have the most upside in two to three years if Wentz is the guy but I think right now in 2021 that Tennessee is the team to beat. It, it does feel like this, the safer play. And by the way, just a reminder, Mike Ditka coming up here in about 10 minutes on the podcast as we continue with Destin Adams, looking around the NFL from the Blue Stable podcast. Check it out uh, as they're talking Colts for you. And uh, yes, we'll be there all season long. I do think Tennessee, again, probably the safer play, but it'd be really interesting, by the way, if uh, all of a sudden we get a miracle in Jacksonville or, or somehow, some way, Things massively settle down in Houston. Um, I don't know exactly. And nobody knows what that looks like. So you want a hot take? The yeah. hot take for me is that there's a better chance that Urban Meyer never wins a playoff game, never gets to the playoffs rather than ever makes a Super Bowl. You saying never makes? I, I think that's a. a I'm I'm gonna give that like a a 78 degree temperature take because I think a lot I think there are a lot of people betting against Urban, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Destiny, I, I, I have no faith in Urban Meyer. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm not I've just never been a person that really thought he. I mean, he he's always been good at like building relationships um, with college football players and things like that. I guess, but I've just always leaned left on him a little bit when it came to his actual coaching ability. I was excited when Jacksonville hired him. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I, I was really excited to see it happen. And uh, now it just feels like a lot of publicity stunts going on in Jacksonville. I mean, hey, they're going to sell tickets. They may not win many games, but they're going to sell tickets. Let's go, Tebow. Uh, all right. Let's uh, talk a couple other NFL topics, and then we'll get to our in or out segment, rip through that, and then a Ditka coming up. One of the pieces of news that I found at least moderately interesting this week that uh, there will be no stipend for voluntary players opting out this year. Uh, 67 players opted out last year. Of course, we're in a much, much different place right now with the vaccine than we were, but some players are still making curious comments about uh, they need to have more information about getting the vaccine uh, they can't do what I'd like them to do, which would be, if you don't get it, you're not going to play. Um, but how do you guys think this actually plays out as, uh, we get into training camp and if you're, you know, if we're playing football here. This is, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of contact with your, with your teammates. I, and if you're, if you're not going to get vaccinated, I don't know how that plays out in the NFL locker room, uh, but I don't know if there's anything more the NFL can actually do other than continue to educate their players about um, it's worth getting the vaccine and it's, and there's no perfect solution here, but this is about as good as we got. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, whatever percentage of the league, whatever percentage of each team has players that are holding out on getting the vaccine, it's going to get old pretty quick having, you know, uh, a cotton swab scraping your gray matter every day and you're wearing a mask and you're eating in a, a trailer that's a t- like we used to have in school, the temporary classrooms, you know, away from your teammates who are walking out without masks, who are eating lunch in the cafeteria, roaming around freely. That's going to get old pretty quick, right? When you have to quarantine in the hotel, when you can't go out on the road, um, to me, that's the best incentive for a player to do the right thing and go and get vaccinated. I mean, I, I hear what Cole Beasley says. I hear what Montez Sweat says when the team brings in vaccination experts experts to give you the facts and then you receive those facts and you still don't want to get the vaccine that tells me that no matter what anybody says no matter what statistics whatever data whatever facts are presented you've made up your mind and that's fine but don't tell me you need more information what i think more so than the information is going to persuade guys is kind of being ostracized from their teammates and being you know in a much more stressful and strenuous way of life than their, their fellow players are going to be Yes, it's a, it's, an, it's a very uh, touchy topic for sure. Um, and, I mean, I don't know what else the NFL could do. I mean, the restrictions came out um, about 10 days ago or whenever it was that they reported it. And, I mean, players that aren't vaccinated are going to have to travel separate from the team to away games. They're not going to be staying in the same hotel, it seems like. Um, a lot more rules and things like that. I know the Colts are one of the teams that are among the lowest um, currently in players – um, percent vaccinated currently. Um, and I know that we've seen guys like Darius Leonard um, be pretty vocal on Twitter um, saying that he wants to make his best decision for his family and not to feel pressured and all that stuff. I mean, I guess I, it's hard sometimes to take the sports effect out of it. Um, when like, this is a, this is football, this is a game. I mean, this is something we all love to watch. Um it's tough for me not to be like, well, I wish the Colts had a higher percentage um, just because of the limitations it's going to have on the Colts roster, the limitations it's going to have on travel for the Colts this next year. Um, But I mean, I also want whatever those guys decide is best for them. um, Even if selfishly, (laughs) I want them to make the right call for the team. Uh, Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm too over the top on this, but I just think this needs to be called out. Look, these are what the doctors are saying. It's not just for your football team. It's for society, period. Go get the damn vaccine. I, I, I'm i with you. I, I just like, what are you talking about? You need more information. All the information is out there. And you're lying, too, to your point, Matt. You don't need more information. You're not, you're not opening up uh, or whatever, doing 7 million Google searches, trying to read everything. All the information is out there. Uh, there's something weird going on. And... and I, whatever, I guess, I, I, sure, you're scared, but whatever, let's move forward. Okay, uh, one other thing that uh, on the complete opposite end of the fun spectrum, because this is super fun, the NFL is approving the alternate helmets. They're coming in 2022. Uh, I saw Adam Schefter in his tweet was super uh, geeked about seeing the Bucks old school helmet coming back. As a Bears fan, we have had no creativity. So, like, I don't know. Give me, give me a nice solid old Bengals helmet. Excites me. Does anybody uh, get excited about an old school helmet? I think this is great, by the way. Let's not forget our past. It's important. Yes. Yes. Now listen, this is going to piss off a lot of giants fans. You know, the team that I cover for G men HQ and had uh, for NJ.com for a number of years, but growing up in Philadelphia, 
I grew up on those Kelly greens and, and I think that the Kelly green Eagles uniform with those mean ass defenses that rival the 85, the 91 Eagles, I put about a half a step below the 85 bears, but the uniforms that the Reggie whites and the Eric Allen's and the Seth joiners were rocking to bring those back. That's going to be a lot of fun. So whether it's, it's bucko, the, the Buccaneer or the Kelly green Eagles, those are probably the two that I'm looking forward to the most. It's a great one. Uh, old school Eagle is some beautiful Eagle. Give me, give me, give me, give me some Donovan McNabb. Give me old school Reggie White. Destin, anything excite you on this one? I mean, the Bucks and Eagles are the two that I think are the most exciting for throwback potential for sure. Um, I, I, there's probably a lot of people that don't even know that the Colts have a throwback blue helmet option. Um, it, it used to be my favorite to throw on the Colts on Madden when you could uh, customize the uniforms a little bit and just get crazy with it. Um, I used to love putting the blue helmet on i also love the option i love the throwback possibilities of this but i also love the fact that it's just going to give way more customization down the road of teams being able to use some of their new designs that they are going to be able to form the colts a couple years back like colts fans got overly excited because the colts added the color black to their color scheme Hmm. Um, and we've never been able to see them use it yet um, but it just feels like this is kind of opening the door for some of those teams to be able to use that as well. Um, I love the Colts uniforms. They're really clean. There's, it's always been when that I think is easy and I love to wear, but I would love to get like a black alternate um, Colts uniform down the road. Um, that's a dream that the NFL is, they're making me have hope here and hope is a scary thing in sports. I mean, this is not scary. This is beautiful. And you're wearing your Colts gear today. So this is obviously, Hey, You got a client right here, NFL. Destin will go on him. He'll buy that black jersey tomorrow. Yep. So let's, uh, hey, let's, it's all about the the new and the old, I guess. Let's have some fun here. All right. Rocking in or out here. We got four topics for you. Let's go quick. We're starting with the Bears today. The Chicago Bears in 2021 are a playoff team. In or out, Lombardo. Out. Why? I mean, whether Aaron Rodgers is there or not, I think the Packers have a better roster. I think the Vikings are a team that's closer to competing than the Chicago Bears are. I love Justin Fields. I think he has a chance to be a top 15 quarterback a year or two down the line. I just have talked to people in that building and they say he's making progress, but he, quote, has a lot of work to do, a long way to go. So if that's the case, if your young quarterback isn't ready, you ain't making the playoffs. That's see now that's that's high level Lombardo knowledge there. I, I I have not heard that. That's that's big time. Okay. I mean, I'm out on this too. I don't the Bears defense is is going sideways, and I'm not gonna bet on Matt Nagy to uh bring this team around a lot of moving parts and how they handle Andy Dalton. But uh Destin in or out, Bears are a playoff team. I'm out on it as well. Um wish I could be in just to make make it different here. But uh I, I'm one of the guys that just doesn't think Aaron Rodgers is actually gonna end up being moved. I feel like he's gonna end up being a Packer this year personally. And also I just think the Vikings roster underperformed last year to their talent. They are going to be a better team than they were previously. And I mean, if, if Andy Dalton has to play over half the year, I just don't see a way that the bears are able to, to get into the playoffs with so many other teams in the NFC that I feel like improved this off season. All right, Chicago might as well not play the season. Uh, actually, by the way, making uh, the playoffs is not the most important thing for the bears this year. Any success uh, with Justin Fields is Um, okay. There was a football punishment where a gentleman had to spend 24 hours in a waffle house because of his uh, fantasy football failings. And you know, however many waffles he ate, he was going to get less time. 
I didn't think that this actually was a punishment, but for our internet statement is uh, spending 24 hours in a Waffle House. Is that punishment in or out? Destin, go ahead. Um, I mean, I would say it's definitely a punishment. Um, I think, <laughs> I think when I was reading into it a little bit more, if they ate, for every waffle they ate they got to like shed an hour off the time that they had to be there man that would be a lot of waffles um but (laughs) i mean have you ever been in a waffle house in normal like hours like it just feels like weird you feel like you're just the weirdest person you feel like you're sitting by yourself in the lunchroom at the cafeteria in high school like you just feel like that weirdo (laughs) um because i feel like whenever i went to waffle house with friends and stuff it's weird times like it's like one in the morning or like things like that going in there at like noon i I just feel like you're a psychopath (laughs) no way is this a punishment i i could not be more far out on this being a punishment right and i'm a guy who loves belgian waffles you know you know the real thick waffles out of the waffle maker that you slather the melted butter Mm. and syrup on if you've been to a waffle house those waffles are like they're like pancakes with ridges. And yeah, you, it's, a, it's a thin waffle. And if you have to, you know, if you eat a waffle when you shave an hour off your time, dude, I'd be out of there in like two hours. I, I, can, I could crank out the 24 waffles from Waffle House in like two hours. That wouldn't be much of a punishment for me at all. I'd actually enjoy it. Maybe even get some of the cheesy hash browns with it just for fun, just to spice it up a bit with some of the waffles, but no way whatsoever is 24 hours in Waffle House a punishment. I feel like this is a live stream that I would 100% watch. Um, <laughs> just, just you eating waffles for two hours trying to get out of a Waffle House. Let's, let's make it happen. Well, yeah. I, Destin makes a good point, though, that it is kind of a cafeteria feel, like the, the benches are really hard, and yeah. it's, 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 it, they do nothing to make you feel comfortable in there. Like, get in, have your waffle, and get out. You can drink some coffee, too. Or we're just not spending any dough whatsoever on your, uh, your seating uh, situation, if you they will. They barely spend any dough on the food. Listen, there's a place <laughs> in State College. I'm a Penn State football season ticket holder, and, you know, we get up there at 6 a.m. when the lot's open. doesn't matter what time the game is. And we walk downtown. We go to this place called the Waffle House. It's not the Waffle Shop. And they have the big, thick waffles that you, that I discussed, the waffles that you think of when you think of waffles. If you're going to call yourself the Waffle House, you got to bring more than just pancakes with ridges for me here, right? So that's why I think that I could do a number on the waffles at the waffle shop for sure. So, waffle so house. I mean, you got to go when you are going. It's a it's a bare minimum too. But, for sure. Uh, yeah, this was this was a weak punishment, and uh, this was actually a reward, and that's what you should get for winning your fantasy football <laughs> team. Uh, last one in or out? A team gets its first Super Bowl win in twenty twenty one. Now there are twelve teams who have never won a Super Bowl, including the Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans, the Cleveland Browns. Those would be your top three. Do we think somebody breaks through who's never won one this year, in or out? Lombardo, go ahead. I'm out. I think this is Kansas City Super Bowl to lose. I think that as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are together, you just, you know, pencil them in on the AFC side of the bracket. Um, I I think the Browns and the Bills are the biggest threats to Kansas City. So if one of them gets hot and has one good game in January, I think they're better than any team on the NFC side of the bracket. But I'm out here because I think that Brett Veach and Kansas City did everything they needed to do to go back to and win the Super Bowl this year. So with that, I'm out. Makes sense. It is hard to bet against the Chiefs, but maybe Destin will do it. 
Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, I'm definitely out on this. I mean, I think the Browns had as good of a chance as possible where they all they had to do was stop Chad Henney from running. I think he picked up a third and 11 on a run last year um, to be able to put the dagger in Cleveland after Patrick Mahomes was going to have to miss the rest of that game. I mean, if the Browns can't get any luck to beat that version of the Chiefs. I just don't see a way that the Chiefs are not coming out of the AFC. And, and like Matt said, I just feel like the best odds for that to happen are the Bills and Browns. And I just don't see a way the Chiefs don't come out of the AFC. I'll just go full tongue and she can say that I'm in and I'm taking the Buffalo Bills and, 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 and Josh Allen's going to get hurt. And Mitchell Trubisky is going to lead the Bills to the promised land. And <laughs> okay, now none so of that. Fr- so Jake Fromm <laughs> is just not even there anymore. Right, 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 right. Uh, no, I'm out. Uh, he gets listen, hurt too. I, I Listen, I, I'm more in on, on the Chiefs be going undefeated than uh, somebody breaking through this year. Even Same. though I do, I, I mean, I think Tennessee's super interesting. I think the Browns are super interesting. And I think the Bills are, I'm the FC. Hey, uh, there's if Kansas City stumbles, i.e. Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, it could be very interesting. But out, but let's just say that uh, that's always the case, right? If the best quarterback in football gets hurt, it opens up, and we're, we're, we can't make our predictions based on that. Destin, awesome to be with you, brother. Thanks for being on. Hey, anytime. Th- yeah. Thanks for having me on. Always fun to talk Colts. Always talk to. Always fun just to talk football in general. Yeah, we appreciate it, and we'll definitely do it again as the season gets rolling here. Uh, Up next on Stacking the Box is Mike Ditka. It's coming right up. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago legend, Hall of Famer, that's right, Mike Ditka, working today with Kraken Rum, who is... Matching drinks on their tab with a donation to the USBG. That's to kick off the season of summer sips and get people back into their favorite local bars. Coach, great to talk to you. I want let's start with who you're working with today. Uh, why'd you want to partner with Crack and Rum? Well, I tell you what, uh, this is a great company. It's a great product, and why not work with them? I mean, I'm an old man now, so I consider it a monitor. They want to work with me. <laughs> Coach, you you may be an old man, but you're still young at heart, right? Well, I think I am, but, you know, you find that that doesn't work. You can be young at heart in your mind, but when you physically try to do things, it doesn't work out the same. Yeah. What can you not do today that you miss the most? I I really, I have no complaints. I I understand, you know, with old age comes uh, some some, uh, limitations on what you can do physically, physically. and then mentally, I'm about the same. But physically, I can't run anymore like I used to. I can't do a lot of things that I used to do. But you know what? That's okay. I, at least I did them. And uh, I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at right now. I feel the way I do. I'm 80 years old. I feel pretty darn good, actually. You've lived a full life, Coach. I, you know, speaking of doing things that you can't do, I know that uh, it's been heavy on your heart with Steve McMichael. Uh, who's battling Lou Gehrig's disease, and you've been attending some fundraisers for 76. What's uh, kind of been 
on your heart around seeing what's happened with Mongo? Well, I, I think the one thing people don't realize because he was a, he, he was one of the great bearers. There's no question about that. But he really wasn't one of the truly big name bearers. So people kind of forget who he was. But he was such a key factor on our 85 defense. It was unbelievable. He was a leader. He's a vocal leader. He's a physical leader on the field, off the field. Tremendous, a tremendous guy. And uh, he asked no quarter, he gave no quarter. But if you were going to line up against Stephen Michael, you better be ready because you were going to get your butt whipped. Yeah, a lot of, you know, the linebackers got a ton of credit on that team, but maybe up front didn't get enough with uh, 99 and 76. I mean, they made it a little easier for Singletary and, and Otis and, and Wilbur. Is that is that fair that maybe Steve and, and maybe even Hamp, too, didn't get enough credit? Oh, that was a great defense. What Betty designed, Buddy uh, had a, uh, an attack defense, and you're exactly right. They didn't get enough credit, uh, but... Uh, they certainly deserve it because they, uh, they, you know, if you don't have a good offensive line, the linebackers are not going to be a, a good defensive line. I'm sorry. Uh, your, uh, your linebackers are not going to be effective. It's that simple because you're going to have uh, uh, offensive linemen all over them. But they kept the guy, they kept the offensive linemen, off our linebackers. Those three linebackers played terrific for us. And everybody played terrific on that team. I mean, I call it the greatest team of all time, Coach. You don't have any problem with people saying that, do you? Well, I don't know about that, but I think it was one of the best defenses ever. I don't think there's any question about that. And that wasn't me. That was Buddy Ryan. He had a take-no-prisoner defense tack, and that's what he did. And uh, people didn't understand it. Uh, just finally figured out, you know, you couldn't block them all. So what you had to do, you had to, you had to get rid of the ball quicker and you had to get, get the ball out. But they did that. And, and you know, we ran into some teams that did that. And then we figured out how to counter that. But that was Buddy's defense. It wasn't my defense. Do you regret that you and Buddy didn't get along better back in the day? I got along with everybody. I was just a friendly guy. <laughs> I loved everybody. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it's just uh, – and I'm, I, I've never taken any – the credit I, I said – Bears and 85 were a great team. It started with the defense. It also started with the offense that uh, led by Peyton and um, and a team that led the league in rushing, led the league in, in ball possession. So, you know, we did a lot of things. But we won because of our defense. Everybody knows that. I've never denied that. But it was the reason for that. Yeah. Well, he had some great talent, too, and, and Buddy was phenomenal, not taking anything away from anyone. Certainly offensively, you were not the greatest offensive team of all time, but I think combined with that defense, I would still say the 85 Bears could certainly match up with anyone in NFL history. I agree. I'll give you one scenario, Coach. In 1983, you guys drafted Jimbo Colbert, number six, Hall of Famer, uh, love him, and, and Willie Galt, number 18. A guy by the name of Dan Marino went number 27 that year. If the Bears had drafted Marino, how many Super Bowls do you think they win? I don't know. <laughs> if we were to use them the way Miami did, I thought surely used them properly. And, uh, and Dan was a great player. He was from my my uh, my alma mater pit. But uh, I don't know. I mean, those are the questions I can't answer. But, I, you know, I, I can't change it, and I wouldn't change it. 
we did what we did because we thought we were doing the right thing. I don't know if it was, but it, it worked out okay for us. No question. No question. And everybody, you know, you could play back every NFL draft and, and go back through time. But I do wonder, forget about Marino, just, and this is no fault, by the way, of Jim's and, and McMahon, but just having a healthy quarterback uh, who could, you know, be out there and, and perform at a high level, I think you guys, you know, at least get another one, maybe a couple more. Well, we might have, but that's, that's beside the point. We got one, it was a good one, and it was one of the best ones ever, so I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Do you think the Bears have the right head coach in place right now, Coach? I do. I think Matt Nakey is a very good coach. I think he's an outstanding coach. I think they're putting the right people in the right places. We just got to get it all together. Got to get the defense and the offense on the same page. You got to have uh, ball control and um, and keep the other keep the other team out of the end zone. It's basically say what we did. We controlled the ball and we kept the other team out of the end zone. And you got a good chance to win a lot of games. Why do you think it's been since 1985 that the Bears have 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 yet to win a Super Bowl? No, I don't have those. You know. <laughs> First of all, let me say this. It's very, very hard to win a Super Bowl. It's very hard to do. you got to have the right people in the right places and do the right things. But, uh, again, it comes down to personnel. I think your scouting has a lot to do with it. The coaching certainly has a lot to do with it. And then the players you have, they have to play. I don't care what your, uh, you know, what, you, what was said about it before you got them. You got to play once you get them. And I don't want to be too over the top harsh here, but I just wonder if the family knows what they're doing because you can move people around, but ultimately, you know, it's it's your franchise and you have to make the hires. So I do wonder if perhaps uh, they're they're not the as good as they could be, Coach. How about that? Well, they, you know, everybody could be better. You know, that's your goal is to find a way to get better, and uh, I think that's what they're doing now. Uh, they haven't found it yet, but they're getting better. But, I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I like a lot of things that they've done. I really like the quarterbacks. A lot of people don't. I do. You know, I, I think, you you know, you can win with a lot of different people, quarterbacks. You got the right people around them. Yeah. I, so I think uh, I think they're going to I think they're building the right way. So you believe in Justin Fields? Well, I don't know enough about Justin Fields, I'll be honest with you. But I, I don't know enough about him, but uh, we'll see. Time will tell. It will. He, he certainly had his moments at Ohio State. Coach, how would you feel if the Bears actually moved and played in Arlington Heights? Well, I, you know, I, I believe the Bears belong in Soldier Field, but if they moved to Arlington Heights, I understand it. It would be an economic move. It would be... An, a move for the you know for what's best for the club, and I don't see any problem with that. I mean, uh, you know, I think the Bears have served their time in Chicago. They've done a great job playing at uh, Soldier Field. Uh, I mean, it, it would be okay with me. Okay. Did you enjoy Wrigley or Soldier Field more? Wrigley. Because I was playing. Right. More fun to play than to coach. Right. Right. Uh, well, I've never understood, Coach, when guys you know retire before they 
if you can still do it. Like people look at Tom Brady, like why is he still going? Well, he's still winning Super Bowls. I mean, where else could he have that much fun in his life? Yeah, and, and a lot of it too. Tom Brady's kept himself in great shape, and a lot of guys don't keep themselves in great shape. That's why they can't keep going. Yeah, it's a lot of work, no doubt. Do you think Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, Coach? There is no such thing. There is no such thing as the greatest of all time. There's been so many. I mean, you, we weren't even around to watch and see how good a lot of those quarterbacks were in the old days. I played with a guy named Bill Wade. I thought he was pretty damn good. But he did what he had to do. And we won a championship in 1963. So I thought he was pretty good. And the guy that replaced him, was Rudy Bukic, and I thought he was pretty damn good, too. Uh, who's, the, who's the thing? <laughs> Coach, did you just compare Tom Brady to Rudy Bukic? That could make some headlines. I like this. I, I didn't reach that. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Rudy, Rudy Bukic had a good, a good team around him as Tom Brady had either, and as good a coach as, as uh, Tom Brady had. But, uh, no, I think, no. No, I didn't. I didn't mean to say it that way, but uh, I like Rudy Bukic. I like him too. And listen, if he, if Rudy had had Belichick and you know, Tom Brady, <laughs> if, if if Rudy, when Rudy sees this coach, he's gonna be he's gonna be stunned. This is gonna be a big day for Rudy. I like Rudy. Rudy's okay in my book. My guy, Rudy Bukic. I love it. Hey. Coach, let me go back to playing for one second, and I appreciate the time. Mike Ditka, straight legend, working with Crack and Rum today and uh, and then making a donation to the USBG to kick off the season of Summer Sips. We appreciate the time. I'm wondering, who was one guy perhaps on the defensive side of the ball when you were playing, Coach, that you really wanted to run over? That I wanted to run over? Yeah. You played. You played physical now. Come on. Uh, yeah, I did. I did, but uh, in my, my the biggest run-ins I had was Ray Nitsche, but it wasn't because I was trying to run over him. No question about that. It was because he was with the Packers and I was with the Bears. And it was a great rivalry, and he didn't like me. And I didn't particularly like him, but we had a pretty good, we had a good, a pretty good run. That's the beauty of sport, right there. You got to have a little bit of a little bit of hatred going on every now and then. Coach, you know, you did a lot of work for, for guys like yourself, retired players. Do you think the NFL has done enough for guys who played in your era to make sure those guys are okay and taken care of? I don't think they've done enough, but I think they're trying. They're getting better, and they're helping more and more. And, uh, you know, it, it comes down to them helping and, and the individuals also helping. You know, you have an opportunity to play pro sports, play it, save some of the money, don't spend it all. Yeah. All right, I got one story to, on, on the on the going out here. You can confirm or, or or not, and I think it's all in good fun at this point. But I think you guys played the Packers up in Green Bay, and then I think you beat them. And then after the game, I think Steve McMichael and perhaps Dan Hampton both went out into the into the parking lot and uh, were hanging out with Packers fans and maybe had a beer or two after the game. And then all of a sudden, the Bears team bus was getting ready to go back to Soldier Field, and Hamp and McMichael were a little bit late. And I think you might have just told the bus driver to, to keep going, and those guys had to drive their way home. Does that ring a bell to you, Coach, at all? 
I think that happened. I do. Yeah. <laughs> there's a time to celebrate and there's a time to, to work. So I, we were ready to go. You were ready? You can't hold up. You can't hold up, hold up 50-some guys with two guys. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it's just kind of fun that Bears fans. I want to know that that uh, hey, these guys were they were Packers fans should love these should love seventy six and ninety nine for that. They were hanging out, making friends. They were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they like to do that too. Well, yeah, they did. Uh, it was part of what made y'all great. Hey, let's let's wrap up with uh, uh, one. Can you just give me any favorite moment with Walter Payton on the way out here? Every time anybody brings up 34, I think it brings a smile to the face of, of Bear fans just thinking about uh, what many consider the greatest running back of all time. Yeah, well, you, you hit it right on the button now. He was the greatest running back of all time. And I can remember the first time I I saw Walter Payton. Uh, I was watching film. I was working for the Cowboys at that time. And... Uh, I I took the I went in and I took put shut the, uh, the film thing off. I went in and I got Coach Landry, and I said, Coach, I said, come on in here. I want to show you something. So we went in and I said, watch this number thirty-four. And um, that was kind of right in the beginning when before people really know know how great Walter was, and uh, it was a maze. I said, you got a, a heck of a job to try to defend this guy. And he said, well, we'll do our best. But uh, Walter was, uh, he was special. When you watch him on film as an opponent, uh, you were awed by what he did. But the thing that made him was uh, he had a a great attitude. He he didn't want to lose. He didn't want to be second best. He just just gave everything he had all the time. I never understood how he would get just absolutely cracked by somebody who maybe weighed 50, even maybe 100 pounds more, and then he just popped right back up. No problem. I'm well, ready. And, 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 the, and the, guy that, the guy that popped it wouldn't pop right back up. <laughs> right, right. He was unbelievable. Coach, great to catch up with you. Appreciate your incredible football journey, broadcasting, and everything else. And, again, today working with Crack and Rum. We appreciate the time and uh, continued success, Mike. Stay healthy, all right? All right, one thing. Don't forget to stop by your local bar for free cracking beverage or else the coach will get you. <laughs> that is a threat. All and, right. And you better follow through. All right, bye-bye. Bye, coach. See you. Thanks to Mike Ditka. That was a ton of fun. Lombardo, we always wrap up the show with what's going on. Uh, I actually am on a visit to Kansas City where I used to do radio. I've got breaking news for you. I used to think that Jack Stack is the best barbecue in KC because everybody in Kansas City pays the most money to eat at Jack Stack and it's on the plaza and all that. After my experience this weekend, Jack Stack, straight overrated, terrible maneuver by me, and uh, I let myself down on that one For, forevermore. I'm going to Arthur Bryant's and uh, I'm getting it on my way to the airport tonight. Oh, you're missing out. You got to go to Joe's. You got to go to Joe's is, garage. Joe's is awesome. In a gas station, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's another great look too. I, 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 yeah, it was. But I will tell you this: Westport Cafe, delicious, unbelievable. As as is the classic cup. So next time uh, I'm in Kansas City, I'll have to check them out.
Yeah, good good stuff. Anything going on in the life of Lombardo? Where's your big trip coming up here? Uh, we're, every year, except for last year, we took a pause during the pandemic. My dad rents a short house about two blocks from the beach in Ocean City, New Jersey. So we'll be down there with the whole family. Going to be a lot of fun. couple rounds of golf on the agenda that I can't wait for. And some of the best pizza and cheesesteaks that I'll eat all year are down the shore. So I'm pretty excited about that. And your own podcast, The Matt Lombardo Show, comes out on... Every Friday, you can check it out. Same Stacking the Box podcast feed. So if you love what you hear from Mark Carmen and Matt Verderam on Tuesdays, go ahead and subscribe to the, to Stacking the Box, and you get the Matt Lombardo Show as a nice bonus on Friday. You've been killing it, brother. Congrats on, Thanks, uh, on the pod. It's awesome, and uh, really appreciate you being on today. For Verderam, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening. Verderam will return. Don't worry. And uh, yes, this was uh, a double episode with Ditka and Quentin Nelson and Destin and Lombardo and yours truly. Have a great, great 4th of July holiday weekend, and we'll see you next time. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.